Good morning, and uh, good morning to the church. Good morning, uh, especially again to anybody who's a guest. On Remembrance Day, we are excited to have visitors, especially those um, who have served in our military, uh, maybe still serve today. We have members of our legion with us. It is an honor to uh, have you at the Father's House Church with us. Um, For anybody who is a guest in the room, we always have guests on special services. Uh, My name is Pastor Peter, and I'm the associate pastor at the Father's House. Some of you might be wondering, where's Pastor Greg? Pastor Greg was up late into the early hours of the morning dancing at his daughter's wedding. And so uh, we felt it right to give Pastor Greg a break, but there was a beautiful wedding ceremony and reception yesterday for uh, Colton Barker and no longer Michaela Fraser, but Michaela Barker. So we're excited uh, for our pastor and his family. Um, My message this morning, church, is called We Remember. And why don't you uh, join me in a word of prayer before I begin? God, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for worship. Thank you for Canada and for our national anthem, God. Lord, thank you for students singing their hearts out in praise to you in remembrance of our our nation and our military. God, it's been a great morning. We just thank you. And Lord, for uh, just the, the 35 minutes to come, Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember the incredible sacrifice that was given for the Canadian identity that we have today. God, for the Christian identity that we have today, we just say thank you. And the whole church said, amen. Amen. Well, like never before this week, Remembrance Day seemed to take on a very personal meaning for me. Uh, I've been to many services over the years, as you have as well, I'm sure, honoring those who have sacrificed for our nation, uh, thousands of whom who have paid the ultimate price for the freedom that we enjoy. And uh, in those services, much the same as this morning, uh, there's, of course, videos that work, um, pictures, songs, national anthems, poppy flowers, and pins that draw our attention to remember uh, what was won for us. And what was just resonating for me as I began writing this message was, I don't have to fight because someone else fought for me. And you don't have to fight because someone fought for you. And there are people still fighting for you and I today. Are you not thankful? Are you not thankful? Even while witnessing all of these things, uh, videos, pictures, songs, stories, Part of the wrestle for me this week as well is that it still feels like there's a gap in my understanding of war and sacrifice. Does it feel that way for you sometimes? You come to Remembrance Day and it still feels like there's a bit of a gap in what you can understand of war. For most of us, uh, war is a phenomenon only seen through the lens of a camera or uh, maybe a journalist's account of fighting in another part of the world. We watch it on TV or on YouTube. But often our, our closest and most emotional experiences, they may be the discovery of like wartime keepsakes, a family attic or, or a family storage room. And uh, that is what really hit my heart this week in a powerful way. Uh, my grandparents are the closest thing that I have to an understanding of war. So my grandpa on my dad's side, uh, we call him Opa, and I got a picture on the slide of my Opa and my Oma. Uh, He left Holland just before the Second World War, coming to Canada with no more than a heavy wooden suitcase. 
And my grandma, or uh, Oma in Dutch, before she was married, she was in Holland, and, and she lived through a famine known as the Hunger Winter. Uh, the, Nazi, the Nazis had invaded, and they put up a blockade that cut off food shipments, and millions of people in Holland and the Netherlands were starving. Several thousand died, uh, but I remember, as a kid, being in Oma and Opa's basement, and in a stuffy storage room, buried under a pile of things, I found Opa's old wooden suitcase. And it was rustic, and it was heavy, and it was worn out. And even decades after war, you find something like that. And of course, you're an ocean away from Europe where war happened. Even so, I kind of got this rush of cold shivers and a bit of a sense of terror as I was thinking about um, war, about my Oma living through the famine, about bombs and about bloodshed and just the worst things in history. But then again, kind of mixed feelings. How could I not be thankful? Because when I, when I thought of my Opa and Oma, and I'm holding this big trunk, I'm thinking about my Opa getting on a ship uh, before the war, returning after the war to get my Oma, and how they came to Canada with almost nothing. And that's how my family's here. That's how my family is safe in Canada, because Oma and Opa did that. Um, both my dad's parents have passed away. They both lived long lives into their mid-90s. Uh, but my mom's father, my grandpa, and my grandma are here this morning. I see them sitting right in the middle here. Give us a wave, grandpa. There they are. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, I learned... Just two days ago, I visited my grandparents, and there's a picture hanging on grandma's wall in her room, and it's her dad. It's my great-grandpa. His name was Percy, but he went by Peter for most of his life. And she said, Peter, he's a World War I veteran. I didn't know that, grandma. He went to war with his three brothers, and the youngest of whom was only 14. And uh, the 14-year-old would run messages back and forth from the front lines, and he suffered from shell shock. But uh, my great-grandpa was wounded in both legs from an exploding shell. Um, but my grandpa as well, my grandpa's wearing his medals. Uh, he served for 18 years as a Canadian paratrooper. Uh, he was trained with the spe uh, British Special Air Force. And the, the picture you're seeing on the slide, that's when my grandpa was a peacemaker in uh, Cyprus. Um, now, as kids, we always knew Grandpa is the strongest man. He's just the strongest man. He was trained in uh, jungle, Arctic, and mountain range survival. I mean, how many of us can say that? That's unbelievable. And he jumped out of planes uh, several hundred times. Um, I was thinking this week in my reflections, if Grandpa and I were dropped out of a plane today, I think he would have a better shot at survival than me. <laughs> He'd be like killing wolves and building fires and I'd be out with my phone looking for Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> Can't get a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, I'm thankful for my grandpa that he served as a peacekeeper because peacekeeping, I believe, represents the heart of God and, and the heart of Canada as well, amen? I'll say it again, not only for me, but for most of us, our experiences, especially for someone like me, a millennial, an experience of war is limited. Even pictures, uniforms, badges, medals, diaries, these things often feel kind of unconnected to the person who wore them when we see those things. For those of us born in peacetime, 
War is far removed. And, and again, just inviting you into the wrestle that I was feeling, because maybe you feel that at Remembrance Day. I was thinking, I can't help but feel bad about that that I am so far removed from any understanding of what my grandparents or any of our veterans went through. And I thought this week, why is Pastor Greg asking me to preach on Remembrance Day? I don't really feel worthy to speak about it because the only memory I have is peace. And so many of you could say that. The only memory I really have is of peace and is of freedom and confidence. Maybe if all of us together could comprehend their sacrifice, maybe we could give them a proper thank you. But as I read the testimonies of veterans over and over and over again this week on so many veteran pages, it was humbling to know that uh, those who fought wouldn't want us grappling with shell shock or traumatized by the things that they had seen or been through. Amazingly, what these men and women would want is for us to be free, for us to be at peace and to sleep well at night. Uh, and to hold our kids without fear and just to enjoy the Canada that they fought for. I was uh, reading this quote and it said, they're not looking for our hearts to be shattered. They're not looking for more memorials. Our future is their monument. Isn't that incredible? Our future is their monument. Uh, My first reflection this week was that what feels impersonal to me was actually deeply personal for those who experienced war and for their families, for those still fighting today. What do we remember on Remembrance Day? Uh, First thing that came to mind is we remember personal sacrifice. Personal sacrifice. We often reference the number of people who died, and that's important. We should reference those numbers. 67,000 people in the First World War, 45,000 in the Second, Over 500 people died in the Korean War, and I didn't know it was this high, but 158 people have died fighting in Afghanistan. That's recent, wow. Now, if you're like me, it's easy to hear those statistics and just think numbers. That's a lot of people. I mean, over 100,000 in the first two world wars. And so it's easy to feel kind of numb and emotionless when you're hearing numbers. But what hit my heart and what I really want to hit you this morning with is the reality that each one of those numbers represents a life. Those are people. A father, mother, brothers, sisters, somebody's child or grandchild. Those were people. Not just numbers, but people who came from farms and small towns and big cities. Uh, They signed up for all sorts of reasons to be patriotic and to, to defend Canada. I was thinking this week about young dads like myself who are just looking at their kids and they're stirred up, you know? They're stirred to protect their families, to go to fight for their wives and their kids. Uh, Many of the young people who joined the war effort, most of them, the majority of them, were between the ages of 17 and 21. I mentioned uh, my great-grandpa's little brother was 14 when he joined World War I efforts. And so a lot of of them just wanted it an adventure, not understanding what they were about to go through. It's incredible. I read this week that uh, there were also those in Canada who were just tired of being unemployed. There's a big number of people that joined the war because they saw it as a job opportunity. But all of them, whether then or more recently, they're people. People, just like you and me. 
They joined the war to defend Canada, to care for the wounded, to prepare supplies and equipment. How can we support in any way? Hundreds of thousands of people. I mentioned fathers leaving their wives and kids. Um, another kind of personal reflection when you think of war is uh, people who, who had fallen in love and then went to war. Anybody heard stories like that? People who had fallen in love and then went to war? Writing letters in uh, dark, cold, wet trenches back and forth to their special someone back home. So many stories like that. It reminds me of another one. Uh, when we were kids and living on our farm, it's about 10 minutes uh, from here, we had an old red barn. We had an old red barn. It was very small. We'd gotten it from another farmer, and it was small enough that we were actually able to put it on our trailer and move it to our house. Uh, but as kids, my brothers and I, we were just like, we've got to explore this thing. This is a really old barn. We've got to explore it. Uh, it wasn't really that big, but what we discovered was that there was an attic on this little red barn. And so we, we went inside and we stacked up some hay bales and we climbed up and we punched up uh, the roof and we climbed up and we were shocked to find papers all over the floor of this little barn. And they were filthy and they were covered in dirt and they were kind of brown and crumpled. But what we discovered was that they were love letters. Incredible. They were love letters between a young soldier and his uh, girl back home. And get this, there were even pictures of this young, clean-cut guy and this beautiful young woman. Um, and wouldn't you know it, we were like, this is amazing. We found picture, we found uh, his name on the back of one of the pictures. And we thought, we wonder if he's from Alberta. Has this barn been in Alberta the whole time? And so we looked up this name. In fact, more than a few people with this name. And we got a hold of a man and we shared the story. Hey, we got this little old red barn. It has an attic. There are papers all over the floor. This is the stuff that movies are made of. Hey? That's so cool. We can make a movie about this. But a few days later, an old pickup truck pulls into our driveway, and an elderly man with really messy gray hair, he gets out, and us kids are like, oh, this is the best. This is the best. We had all these letters compiled to him. They were so heartfelt. I want to let you know, they were so much better than the text messages kids send these days. Like, wow, incredible, the language. But we gave them to him, and this old man is just chuckling to himself as he's ruffling his fingers through letters and pictures. And we were waiting for him. Oh, he, you've got to tell us you married her. You've got to tell us. We were just like waiting for that, um, kind of the point of it all. And he said, no, uh, she was just a girlfriend at the time. And he let out a long sigh and said, wow. He was just in disbelief. But the reason I tell you that story is because, again, it was a personal story personal sacrifice. Over 600,000 Canadians in World War I, over a million enlisted in World War II. People, personal stories, tradespeople, grocery store owners, they were, many of them were just kids who had barely graduated. Some hadn't even graduated high school yet. They had high school sweethearts. They went to prom. They went to dances. Uh, they were neighbor boys and girls from just down the street, and, and everybody knew them. Oh, yeah, we know him. He lives in the house four doors down. But everybody knew them, and yet so many of them didn't come home. Today in 2019, there are 65,000 regular force, 25,000 reservist members in the Canadian military. Every single one of them is a personal story. 
each one making a personal sacrifice. I live on a street in Morinville where most of my neighbors are military. Some of you might say, yeah, yeah, Peter, that's most streets in Morinville. Uh, There's a lot of military here. Uh, But a few years ago, we got together to start building uh, fences in our backyard. We, we live in a very new neighborhood, and we decided, hey, let's get together and help each other. We'll build fences together. And it was amazing, uh, first time I'd ever heard this term, but they started calling me Padre. Found out that I was a pastor, they started calling me Padre. And it's a term for chaplains in the military, and you know, they were having a laugh about it, but I felt honored. I was like, that's cool, calling me Padre. But I think of my neighbor, uh, his name is Jarrett. And he's the same age as me, and we both have young kids. And uh, during the summer, um, Jarrett comes outside. I'm cutting the lawn. And uh, he had this super cool electric Jeep. I don't know if they had these when I was kids, but if they did, we would have had to have had one. But his kids were sitting in this big electric Jeep, and they're driving up and down the sidewalk in it. And he's laughing. And, and Abria, my oldest daughter, who's only five, she comes outside. I'm cutting the lawn. And she looks at this Jeep and she was like, just amazed, spellbound, staring at it. And I could just tell by the look on her face, she would do anything, anything to ride in that uh, electric Jeep. And I thought, well, I don't really know Jared that well. I'm not going to ask him, you know, like, Abria, you're fine. Just stick close to dad. Next thing you know, Jared comes up to me and says, hey, I'm, I'm seeing her little face right there. Do you think it'd be okay if I gave her a ride in this Jeep? And, oh my goodness, it was amazing. He scoops her up, he puts her in the front seat, and I'm watching as my daughter's eyes light up, and she giggles, and she laughs, and Jarrett is running after them, kicking the tires, just keeping it on the road, and he's laughing. He's just so overjoyed that he made my kids' day. But for me, suddenly, Jarrett was more than just a military guy. Oh yeah, Jarrett, who lives a couple doors down. Jarrett's my neighbor. He's now my friend. We chat. Our kids play together. They went over to his house this summer. They went in his swimming pool. It was amazing. I'm thankful for Jarrett. A personal story. Jarrett left to go on tour just a few months ago. He's in Latvia right now, I think. But he left his wife and his two little ones, son and a daughter behind at home. I invited them to join us for today's service, but they were unable to make it. But I just wanted to say how thankful I am for my neighbor, Jarrett. You know, Chantel and I want to bless his family. We want to encourage them because he's making a personal sacrifice. So is his wife. Is there anyone in your life, think about it, a family member, a friend, maybe a neighbor who has or who is sacrificing for Canada? I encourage you to remember them, to thank them, to pray for them. Next time you see them, just say thank you so much for what you're doing. Moving right along, what is clear when you look at history is that for soldiers, there's not only personal sacrifice, but there's a persevering sacrifice. I want to talk about that. There's a persevering sacrifice. Uh, Soldiers leave their loved ones. It's personal, but the sacrifice, it, it just goes on and on. There's perseverance in signing up, in saying goodbye, in getting on a plane, in flying to a foreign country. I can't even imagine that. I have a hard enough time in foreign airports, let alone going and fighting in a foreign country. In wars past, there was perseverance in boarding a ship that was headed for the open Atlantic. I was reading on a page this week, and this quote from World War I, it struck me. It said, those who came forward 
had not stopped to count the cost, for the excitement was thrilling, the lottery alluring, the cause was glorious. But now that the confusion was past and the fulfillment of vows alone remained to be faced, things took on a more somber aspect. How could they have known that four long years of death and destruction were ahead? In a boat headed for the open Atlantic on the way to Europe, boarding a boat was just the beginning. Perseverance continued. Uh, I read this week about Canada's first major battle. It was in Belgium in 1915. And the Germans, they did something that was horrifically unexpected. Uh, They used poisonous gas. Soldiers pressed on while 150 tons of chlorine gas drifted over the trenches. And troops held the line. I mean, perseverance, come on. Troops held the line and stopped the Germans in spite of enormous casualties. Within three days, a third of the Canadians, over 6,500 were dead in three days in that battle. One of the survivors, he's describing the aftermath of the battle in Belgium. It says, the room was filled with dying and badly wounded men, trampled straw and dirty dressings lay about in pools of blood. The air, rank with the fumes of gas, was thick with the dust of flying plaster and broken brick, stifling with the smoke from the burning thatch. You know, it's a hard service. It's heart-wrenching to remember these things. But what do we not see here if not persevering sacrifice? Many of those men and women, they didn't stay in bed, but they actually got up to fight another day, even after that. Um, How about Vimy Ridge? I was reflecting on the battle in 1917 at Vimy Ridge. Uh, Canadians, heavy with equipment, attacked through the wind and the snow, walking toward machine gun fire. I have a hard enough time shoveling my driveway to get to church. Canadians, heavy with equipment, attacked through wind and snow, walking toward machine gun fire. More than 10,000 Canadians died in three days, but Canada persevered. In the Second World War, Canadians persisted at a Battle of Dieppe in France. It was, in France, it was 1942. Canada made up 90% of the force in that battle. It's incredible. And of almost 5,000 soldiers, nearly 3,500 were killed, wounded, or became prisoners in Dieppe. One of the survivors said this, the beach was a shambles and a lot of our men from the second wave were lying there either wounded or dead. Some of the wounded were swimming out to meet our flotilla and the sea was red with their blood. Some sank and disappeared and we stood by as they died, powerless to help. We were there to fight and not to pick up the drowning and the wounded. Incredible perseverance amidst tragedy in that war. Canadians played an essential role as the war continued. Uh, They fought in the conquest of Sicily in 1943, defeating the Nazis in Italy. And June 6th, 1944, anybody know what that is? June 6th, 1944, D-Day. Canadians were in the front lines of the Allied forces who landed in Normandy. And all three Canadian services, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, they all shared in that assault. The fighting was fierce. The losses were heavy. 14,000 Canadians landed on Juneau Beach. And in that battle, about 1,100 died. Incredible perseverance. 
Um, I was thinking about kind of the physical cost, the physical sacrifice, the perseverance and walking toward machine gun fire and shells exploding and all these things. But I thought to myself as well that perseverance is not just physical. It's mental and it's emotional as well. Church, I think it's right that we remember today that perseverance for soldiers, it doesn't end when the, gun, when the guns stop. It doesn't end when the bombs stop. So often, men and women who returned to Canada were reeling from the horrors of conflict. In the First World War, there was nothing to describe what doctors were seeing. I was reading about shell shock. I was reading about PTSD. It was almost making me cry, but doctors were mystified by people returning from the trenches blind, deaf, mute, even paralyzed. Many of them wouldn't eat or sleep. There's a war poet, his name is Siegfried Sassoon. He was, himself was a victim and he, he writes about the psychological pain of shell shock in a poem. And that poem is called Survivors. But he writes of soldiers with dreams that drip with murder and he writes of their stammering, disconnected talk. For us today, we're remembering we're remembering. What is unfathomable is that veterans of the past lived in a time where sympathy for shell shock, what is now called PTSD, was unheard of. Shell shock was seen as emotional weakness. I was telling my wife that and she thought, no, really? It was seen as emotional weakness. Many suffering from the condition were charged with desertion, uh, with cowardice, insubordination. Some were even subjected to mock trials and were charged and convicted in going back to Canada. At the end of the war, over 80,000 cases of shell shock passed through British medical facilities. And so these statistics are sobering to say the least, but let's remember perseverance. Let's remember persevering sacrifice. The conviction I felt this week was this, that while thousands of soldiers persevere to forget what they've been through, we must persevere in remembering what they've been through because doing so will help us to be uh, caring and to be compassionate. They're trying to forget and we're doing our best to remember them, to love them, to be compassionate. These people have sacrificed more than we can imagine. I was talking um, just last Sunday with somebody from our church and she shared about several tours that her husband participated in in his time. Uh, peacekeeping in Rwanda in the 1990s, seeing atrocities uh, firsthand that, again, we only saw on TV. Serving more recently in places like Afghanistan. And, and again, talk about a statement that just kind of strikes your heart and stays with you all week. She said, Peter, it is a wonder that he's okay. It is a wonder that he's okay that he can still smile, that he is still so kind and so caring to the people around him. It's a miracle because he's fighting a battle that none of us can see. Amen? Come on. And I thought to myself that doing that, being kind, doesn't come easy to military personnel, but they choose every single day to get out of bed, to put on the appearance of being okay, being strong, being faithful, being kind to the people who just don't understand. There's so many who persevered in battle. We remember them. Oh, church, there's some that are still persevering today, and we remember them. Talking about these things, war and PTSD, it's not fun, but what should overwhelm us with gratitude this morning is purposeful sacrifice. Purpose-filled sacrifice. 
In Canada's wars, there was a goal. There was a desired result. There was a reason. Uh, they didn't die in vain, but there was a vision that was accomplished. Hallelujah. That should lift our spirits. We live on the other side of purposes that were one, fully recognized for Canada. It's one thing to fight for Canadian identity and for values like peace and freedom, and you're looking at them from afar. You're in the trenches. You're looking at them saying, I believe this is going to come for my country. It's another thing to realize we have those things. We have them. Uh, we don't wish for them, but they are ours to steward and to enjoy. Purpose, one for us. For a nation of just 8 million people, Canada's effort in the First World War was remarkable. More than 650,000 men served. Their immense sacrifice led to Canada's separate signature on the peace treaty. Canada was no longer a colony of England. Canada had achieved nation status. Isn't that awesome? We have an identity today because of their sacrifice. We're Canadian. Are you thankful to be Canadian, church? You thankful to be Canadian? In the Second World War, Canada, alongside the Allies, opposed one of the worst dictatorships of all time. And an emerging victorious Canada all the more became recognized as an important and assertive international presence pursuing its own path in foreign policy. Experiences at home, experiences overseas, they, they advance Canadian identity. We have an identity. I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about my grandpa. Canada is a peacekeeping nation. So good. Canada is a peacekeeping nation. Peace is a purpose that we pursue and we cherish. We remember this Remembrance Day that without freedom, there can be no ensuring peace, and without peace, no enduring freedom. Canada serves to maintain peace and security and to protect human rights and to help restore the rule of law in nations all around the world. And when we travel and we say that we're Canadian, most of the time, people will smile. People will remark at, wow, you're so fortunate, you're so blessed. Some will say how thankful they are for Canada and the work that Canadians have done in their countries. Um, when I was 13, I went to China with my mom. And... Uh, I remember before going to China, we were sewing all these Canadian flags, you know, on our backpacks and on our gear and whatnot. And uh, I wondered how that would work out. But we're in Hong Kong, Beijing, all these areas, and people would point. And they'd touch the Canadian flag, and they'd give hand remarks and thumbs up and whatnot. And I remember meeting a taxi driver who celebrated endlessly. Like, it was, it was humbling, to say the least. You're Canadian? And in the most broken English, he just went on and on and on about how lucky we were to be Canadian. I want to remind you today uh, that peacekeepers are more than just military. I saw uh, Kim Woods today. She's a, peace, she's a peace officer. You know, I think about Eddie Bork. He's a police officer. I think about other first responders. We are so thankful for their courage and their sacrifice. Um, 125,000 Canadians have served in UN peace operations, and did you know that 130 have given their lives as peacekeepers? I learned this week that Canada's peacekeepers are honored and remembered at a national peacekeeping memorial. Some of you might have visited that before. It's in downtown Ottawa, and the name of the peacekeeping memorial is called Reconciliation. Isn't that powerful? 
You can't help but think that for many countries, and we were listening to Pastor Greg talk about Mozambique. He's going to share more about that in a couple weeks. But for many countries, their heritage wouldn't be reconciliation. Their heritage would be division and corruption. But it should just move our hearts this morning that Canada's legacy is reconciliation. Reconciliation. And although we see today in Canada that we're divided on so many things, and we just had an election, right? We, we know that reconciliation is something that we ought to be declaring over our nation. This is our identity. We are reconcilers. The Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation, peacekeepers for Canada and for our neighbors. Amen? Amen. I think it's right that we remember the personal and the persevering and the purpose-filled sacrifice of our military and our first responders, but I want to go even further today. We were singing about the victory this morning. I'm going to see a victory. Who were we singing about? We were singing about Jesus. I wonder if what our military men and women did for us is in any way this morning a reminder of what God has done for us. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think that maybe their sacrifice follows in the order of another sacrifice? I never thought that a Remembrance Day service would bring me to worship. Uh, but that's what was happening this week as I'm typing notes in my office. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Hallelujah. Jesus was sent by the Father to become a personal sacrifice for people. We often, um, we often hear people say, Jesus died for everyone. Jesus died for the whole world. And when we say that, it's a blanket statement. But what Christ did was he died for every man, woman, and child. He died for my grandparents, for my family, for me. I was talking with my wife about it this week, and she said, Peter, we have to believe that Jesus would have died if we were the only person. If we were the only people it would have been worth the sacrifice that Jesus paid, every drip of blood that he shed. It's amazing when the Bible says that God knows the number of hairs on our heads, he knows our names, he knows our good days, our bad days. The God we serve, oh man, it's personal. It's personal. He knows us deeply, intimately, passionately. The Bible is, is like a love letter written to you, written to me. It's conveying God's heart. And I told you a story of a man who came to our farm to pick up his letters. He said, oh yeah, the relationship with that gal, it didn't really work out. God has done everything possible so that the relationship with you will work out. He loves you so much. He wants it to work out. The Bible says in the Passion Translation, Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. In John 15, 13, the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life. This is what Christ did for you, for people outside in the world today. It was so that we could be forgiven from sin. We could be freed from our mistakes and our mess ups. We could be declared clean. It was more personal than we can imagine. Did you know that Jesus persevered? Anybody? Did you, know that, did you know that Jesus persevered in sacrifice? It's amazing to think about Jesus shortly before he was arrested and taken to the cross. Uh, I was thinking this week about 
about Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. And yet I want your will to be done and not mine. And so um, this week I was thinking about Jesus as a good and faithful soldier. A good and faithful soldier who persevered into the end of the battle at Calvary. Anybody seen the passion of the Christ? the passion of the Christ, Jesus sweat blood because of the stress of that commitment. And you'll know that he was beaten and whipped and he carried his cross and he was hung on it for the sins of the world, but he did it for every person in this room and more. He persevered. The Bible says because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and he conquered its humiliation. He did it for the joy set before him. What was the joy set before Jesus as he was marching the road down to the cross? It was you. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about me. Amazing perseverance. It was personal. Christ persevered. But how many of you know that a purpose was achieved? Hey? (laughs) A purpose was achieved. People now and throughout history of the world, they have weighed the evidence, billions of people, They have counted the cost, the immense sacrifice of Christ, and they have declared he is Lord. He is Savior. The Bible says you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people, members of his household. And in another book, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to invite Victoria to come to play keys right now. But I just, I just want to remind you that you have an identity. You have a Christian identity. You have a Canadian identity. But you have these virtues that Canadians enjoy like peace and freedom and confidence with God. I loved Megan's word this morning, no longer separated, but he's reaching out his hand to you and saying, come, be close to me, be mine. And so maybe for you, maybe it was a story this morning of a soldier's sacrifice. And again, talking about Vimy Ridge and other battles, but maybe those things help you understand the sacrifice that God made for you. I want to address anyone this morning. Um, Maybe you feel as though you're disconnected from God. If that's you, I just want to encourage you. You don't need to stay there. You don't need to be disconnected from God. You can come home. The Bible says that you can be a member of his family. You can be a citizen in his nation, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so this is a special moment. But I just want to address anyone, it doesn't have to be weird, it doesn't have to be challenging, but is there anyone in the room this morning that says, I just need to recommit my life to God? Peter, you talked about sacrifice, you talked about how personal it is, how Christ persevered, and how it was for a purpose, but is there anybody that was, it's like, yeah, it's, it's significant that I'm here this morning. I just want to give you a wave and say, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna recommit my life to God. I want to live for Him for the rest of my life? Is there anybody that just feels, I need to do that because I recognize what he did for me? We always want to give this opportunity. Awesome. A house full of believers this morning. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Oh God, we just thank you so much. Our hearts are full when we think of the sacrifice of men and women in our military. God, when we do our best with our limited ability to remember what they did in countries across the world, fighting, rushing into battle, bombs exploding, machine guns firing, but for a purpose, that we might be a peaceful and free nation, the nation of Canada. God, we just say thank you for that. We thank you for our military, for our first responders this morning, in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for a good and faithful soldier <laughs> who persevered to Calvary and won the battle at the cross that we might have life and liberty. We thank you, Lord. Now church, we're gonna do something that um, I know is pretty close to Pastor Greg's heart. It really is, because we do this every Remembrance Day and I just think it is so right that we do this. But I'm gonna get you to pray. I'm gonna get you to pray for um, members of our military and maybe uh, families of people who serve in the military. Um, if you're in the military, we just encourage you to stand. We just wanna, we wanna give you a hand. Is there anybody that feels comfortable standing? Or if you've served, or if you're a veteran, awesome. Wow, there are so many more than I thought. And uh, for those of you who are close to them, if you just, can you just reach out and touch, touch an arm or a shoulder? If you're not, just stretch out your hands towards these men and women. Oh, you need to stay standing so we know who you are. Military, <laughs> come on. We're gonna pray, I'm gonna bless you. Yeah, wonderful. Stay standing, church, if you feel to surround them, place your hands on them. You know what, I'm just gonna give you 30 seconds right now. If you're surrounding these people, would just one person, maybe a couple, just lead out and just pray for them. Pray for, pray for those who are standing. Yeah, surround them, just bless them. You can go ahead and do that right now. join our prayers with that of the church this morning and just blessing those who serve, those who have served. God, we pray for dreams that would be sweet, dreams that would be filled with strength and confidence in Jesus' name. God, we pray for just a, a reassurance, just a way heavy in their hearts that comes from your Holy Spirit that would bring peace. And God, we pray that, uh, Lord, you would uphold them. God, you would fortify them. God, you would bless them. Lord, we pray for a heart in Canada, not just for those in this room, but for people in our community, in our province, in our nation, 
for a country that upholds our military, that prays for them, that blesses them, that remembers them. God, those uh, like my neighbor, Jarrett, who is in, who's fighting right now. God, I think about uh, Bob Burry, who's a member of this church family. God, we bless him in Jesus' name. We are so thankful for him, God. Lord, others who are serving, uh, many of them standing in this room right now, God, we say thank you. Lord, we remember the personal sacrifice. We remember the ways in which they persevered, and we thank you for the purpose that was won, that was achieved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the way you fought for us as well, that we have a glorious salvation, citizens of a kingdom, because of you, what you did, Christ, for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you give these men and women a hand? Just say thank you. <laughs> yes, amen. Well, you know what? One more prayer that we're gonna pray. I'm gonna invite up Elia Barabi. And Elia served in the British Armed Forces and I called him this week and I said, Elia, would you pray? I said, you weren't Canadian military. He said, oh, we fought the same war. We fought the same war, Pastor Peter. And Elia is such a man of God. Let me get you a microphone. Um, uh, sorry, I, okay. I never write down a prayer before, but uh, I look through the computer as I ponder through memories. Uh, this week, my friends never make it home. And those are make it home that are still suffering. So I found this prayer and I thought that on the computer and I thought I'll pray it with you guys let's pray God uh, thank you for today as uh, we remember the sacrifice of veterans and our serving soldiers today Lord give us the realization of every veteran sacrifice for us help us to always respect and honor them for the courage and boldness they display Lord give these soldiers healing from their pain and give them smooth adjustment especially with families as they return home Lord open the hearts of people in their community embracing with any and all help they need Father give them the endurance and deliverance from hardship they may experience here due to their service and Father fill them with your peace and bless them beyond all they can imagine Father, may we always honor the memory of those who lost their lives defending our country and remember to pray and support their families. Lord, keep foremost in our thoughts and, and prayers the, the millions of veterans who live among us today and how we can come alongside them daily. And Holy Spirit, inspire us a renewed love for our veterans and our nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Give Elia a hand. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to say thank you to the members of the Mournville Legion. Thank you, Tina. And thank you, Bob, uh, for joining us this morning. We are so thankful to have you here to place the flag, to sing our 
anthem together. Uh, church, it's right that we had this service today, but tomorrow's November 11th. And I just encourage you to take a moment with your families to say a prayer, to have a moment of silence for those who serve and for those um, who served in years past. Thank you for coming today. God bless you.